said that just like there's a triple A, we have, which is out there, which will, helps you when you have problems with your car. So there's a triple A in marriage. And this is actually, these are preventative measures. They are not, uh, uh, it says there's triple A, there are three things that a man has to know for a marriage. These are for the men. Um, the three things a man has to know for the marriage. And actually there's a fourth one, which we'll add in as well. Triple A are attention, appreciation, and affection. Affection. The fourth A is not really an A, it's an Aleph, it's Achrayas. Also starts with an A. Now, I've, I've done this over the uh, years. I've asked the guys like, what they think the AAA are. And I've gotten answers like, agree, admit, accept. You know, <laughs> apologize. Um, apologize, you know. Attention, appreciation, and, and affection. So we're not going to talk about always agreeing and always admitting and always accepting and always, right? But we are going to talk about these three. I do want to point out just for a second that I, my, when I told this to my wife, my wife said, okay, I said, so what does a man need in a marriage? I said, I don't know. He says, the man needs KKK. I says, what's KKK? She says, COVID, COVID, and COVID. I said, yep. <laughs> um, now, that is very true. That one of the main things a man wants of his wife is his wife should respect him. Now, there's a very simple formula that his wife should respect you. If you're, if you're respectable, she'll respect you. Is that hard? What? Is that hard? Yeah. But if you're not respectable, uh, she's not going to respect you. So um, I, it's hard to make people, sometimes, for some reason or other, people just don't act respectable and then they want respect. Um, so just as it's an important point, just while you're Hassan, I, you know, if your sales piece to your wife is that you're a Ventura, uh, then she never sees you learn. So well, how's she supposed to respect you as a Ventura if she's always like doing other things, right? You know, in my days, which is not true anymore, at least you know, until tell the Shiva the Hassan said Torah by their Chevrolets, not you know, on Parsha, but on and they were not interrupted. And, um, and you said by, your, by the Ufruf that you weren't interrupted. And so Ufruf took place in Tel Shiva and the Nadigan, in front of all the Yeshivas, and all the Rebbeim, and the whole Yeshiva. And you get up there and say, Shabbat Haram, the Sugi were learning in front of the Gifter and Rukhaim, and were Pesach and Isaac, and Rebarak, and you know. And if you weren't well prepared, you would have been out of yourself. So you, you had to learn when you were a chassid because like, you didn't want to get any out of yourself in front of the whole yeshiva, right? So you would prepare. And then you would say it again by the chassid, by the Kabbalah's pun, by the chassid's dish, you said Torah. You would say Torah by the chassid's dish. And the, the bachim would not hack in. And the bachim never hacked in. And so would get up and say, Shah! He would scream. Right? So now there's another way of doing it, which is even better, because like, you know, but one of my chabarim actually... Was in a different, had his uproar in a different city. No, one of my chabarim here had his uproar in Cleveland, Rabbi Itzstein. He had his uproar in Cleveland, he married a Cleveland girl from Cleveland. So they, by his, the cousin's dish, they sang him down. So he says, Don't worry, I'm coming tomorrow to Shabrachas, I'll come early and you're telling them to me privately. And that's what he did. So he had a private audience with her gifter to say over his cousin to her. You didn't have to say it you know, to the whole team. He said, don't worry, I'll come early tomorrow and you'll tell it to me privately. And that's what he did. Yeah. 
it seems also so comfortable. So, so that was a wonderful thing, you know. And I, I got up. I remember. I mean, I can I can tell you, my, I can tell you what I said on my Ofruf. I said on the dinner chitzitz on the on mizbeach. Uh, you know, I can tell you. I said by, that, I, by, that was by by, by I said the chosen tish. I spoke on the dinner. The Rashi and the basic of the camel gave him an hour. The dinner shachas. You know, uh, I, I said her. You know. Hezbrook, Polkis, Rashi, Tosis, Kashish, Rashi, Mahal, to answer it, you know, the whole nine yards, you know. So, but nowadays they don't do that anymore. Um, by Rashiva's Aden, Rephraim, Zikhlidracha, so Rephraim, um, Rephraim, um, Shir Kifta took him as a son in law, because his oldest son in law, obviously for a reason. Quite a time of Chacham. It was near so the minute was they would they would sing the Chacham down. But the Shiva was not very happy with that. So when they sang the Chacham, when they started singing in the middle of Ishtakal, Rukita got up and he said, There's two reasons why you sing the Chacham down. He says, One is because you feel that the Chacham is not knowledgeable enough to say something of, of value, and therefore he's not more, and you have Rachmanus in him. Or because the two headers, the listeners, are Amaratsim and they have no patience to listen to the Torah because they're not the Midrachachachachachachachim. So I can guarantee you my, my son in law is, is a Talmachachachachim, he's not an Amaratsim. <laughs> and then he asked them to stand up and continue, and nobody interrupted. <laughs> so, that being said, uh, the point being, you, you should, if, if not, gonna be, if you're not going to be saying real Torah, you know, um, nowadays a lot of times Chassanim say, like, you know, like the Veritas and the Parsha, something like that. Uh, okay, so that's not going to be major motivation to appear something like that. But um, there's halachas to learn. There is, there is beyond the halachas of Nida. There's halachas that you want to learn and you want to get down well. There are other areas of halacha. Um, the reason why I started learning halacha, well, I mean, I learned halachas of Bachar also, but the reason why I started learning halacha, like Be'im, Masugas, and stuff like that, and the and eventually Paschian Shabbos, was because. We got married in like the first or second, the first Shabbos. We already had a halacha shayla in our apartment, um, and my wife said, "Like, what do we do with it?" I don't know. Um, so we put out the Shemir Shabbos Kilchus. So in those days, it was only available in the Hebrew version, um, and we figured out how to say the word in, in, in Hebrew, which would give us the index to find where it was in the sefer. And we found it in the sefer, and we looked, like read it through, and I looked at it, etc. My wife says, "Can we rely on that?" I said, "I don't know." Like, how do I know? I mean, he's a prince of Chacham, but he's not my Pesach, so why, can I, why should I rely on that? And this happened, Midei Shabbat B'Shabbat, because my wife was very good at asking Halacha Shabbat. Um, so after a little while, I said, you know, I really need to start learning Halacha. And that's why I started learning, learning Halacha, because it's pretty embarrassing um, that you spent all these years in Yeshiva, like, you know, you don't know anything. Right? Um, but that being said, you need to have you need to have some time that you're really learning in the circuit, you're holding in the circuit, and that you know that the cup is engaged in learning and thinking and learning, etc. Which is that, yeah, it'll come across as a different person to her. Okay, okay. Now that we we dealt with KKK a little bit, um, so if you do these right, you'll get your also get some of your you'll get some of your KKK. Okay, attention. Um, The um, there's a story with with with, with Salanter. One of my chaverim has a, a ha'ora on this story, which I think is correct understanding of the story. And it's very important to understand this point. Um, 
the story with Yisrael Salanto that he was traveling together with an Adam Gadol, an Adam Gadol, and they were going for the purpose, I think, of Pinyashuyim, or wherever it was they were going, and they stopped by an inn. And they stopped by the inn, and the innkeeper, the, the, the woman the woman over there, the mistress of the home, she realizes this, this who these Tzminichabim are, and she says, you know, and she says, tells the, 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 the maid, I'm serving the rabbis myself, and she starts serving them. Of course, while she's serving them, she's talking to the rabbis, and she's talking about the challenges of living, you live out in these inns, they used to live out in these inns all by themselves, you know, they were not in a Yiddish Yishuv, and they were, and, and they were self-sufficient. They had their own chickens and their own cows, and you know, and all the challenges of running this whole farm and the, the wheat, you know, and the, and the, and the vegetables, you know, and the, the winters, and the, you know, the porridge. And she's telling of all of her, all of her stories. She's discussing it with her, etc. And the other the Tamachachim is thinking and learning. So at the end of the um, okay. the whole process, so the the. Uh, it comes time to pay, and she says, "No, please. It was my it was my honor to have such a bottom under my hut, my my my, my uh, roof. Please uh, don't pay me anything." Fine. They walk out. Rishon Santa turns to the other person and says, "I think you were, you, you had a child of Ganevo. She says, "What was Ganevo?" She says, "You didn't pay for your food." He says, "But she said." He says, what, did, he says, "What did she say?" She said that because she felt so honored of having our presence so, so I, I gave her something I gave her interest, I gave her, I focused on her I gave her something of value, I gave her my time you ignored her totally so what did you pay her with? that's what he said so that's how the story goes, famous story but Nevelle understands the story incorrectly so that that you know, that's the other time Chacham was right you know, Rizal Santer had really no interest in, his, in her Kashkalach and in the in the and the Shepsalach, and everything like that. Well, what, he, he really cares about her kachkalach. Like, you know, what he, what he cares about her chickens. But he was a very sweet, nice guy, very very polite, and therefore he was, you know, he made the conversation with Shep. So the car, we saw something was over Ganevis Das. Because, like, she thought the rabbi was interested in her, was talking to her, and essentially he really wasn't. So what's the answer? He was interested in her. Why? Because it was important to her, it was important to him. Not, not that he has a major interest in Kachkalov and Chepsalov, but if it's important to her, it's important to him. Yeah. So, when you want to give your wife attention, you have to understand that if it's important to her, it's important to you. Right? So, a woman's interests are different than a man's interests. Okay. And a man's interests are different than a woman's interests. So, the woman, you know, she, she wants, come in the day, she wants to talk about, you know, Something happened with her friends. You want to talk about, you know, something happened with the kids, and there are other things which, like, the husband not, like not so interested in. Okay, but if she's important to you and this is important to her, then it's important to you. And this is true, by the way, with your children. If it's true, it's true with your wife, it's true with your children. Like you know, so uh, your children have lives and they have uh, interactions and they have interactions at at, 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 at their level. Which, like, so the, to a child, this is their life. This is important to them. They want to share it with their parents. They want to share it with their father. They want their father to be interested in the fact that you know that they had the um, that they lost their the, they, they lost their marbles. You know, uh, okay. Come on, I got to get a joke out of that. I got to at least get some laughter out of that one. Okay, right? You know, whatever the situation is, they want them to be interested. Um, that is number. Point number one under attention. Um, so that's and that's is much more challenging than you think it is because like like fine okay point number two 
Um, there is a um, there's a person up in Muncie. His name is um, Rabbi Yaakov Horowitz. Rabbi Yaakov Horowitz. So Rabbi Yaakov Horowitz has a school over there. I think it's called Darche or something like that. But before that, he was involved in a project working with teens potentially at risk, etc. And that's his field. He's a guy, but you know, very with it and on, on the ball, and you know, he able to connect them to the, the teens and understand them, etc. Um, so he's once working with a father of a boy who's having the problems, and uh, meets with the father, and he asks the father, um, "So tell me, what are, what's your son's favorite food?" He says, "I don't know. Um, what foods are your son not like?" He says, "I don't know." What's the name of your son's friends? I don't know. He says, okay, you have homework. He says, next time before we meet, you need to know what your son's three favorite foods are and who his, who his, who his three favorite friends are, etc., etc., etc. He says, if there's a person important to you, what do you mean you don't know what he likes? I love my son very much and, he, I love, and I care about him tremendously and I have no idea what's going on in his life. It means you really don't care about him because if that's important to him, it has to be important to you. Um, now, um, the problem is that well, what's the challenge? Because like the circle, the universe that the son lives in, and the circle, of the universe that the father lives in, or into the universes, like, you know. So these, he doesn't relate naturally to these 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 topics. You know, uh, my my son is, is excited about basketball. The father is not excited about basketball. The son's excited about you know. You know, following some sports, and the father like you know doesn't know which end is up when it comes to sports. So he has to find a way to connect with them anyway. So that's true with the children. It's also true with your wife. Um, so you can ask her um, if you're not sure. Like you, you can ask her, like um, what's it, what's what is on her mind and what's important to her and what what type of you know. And, and you get to know you get to know your your, your wife. You can have guys. I went out. I went out on, on, on you know. I dated with this girl excellent at the time. I still don't know what her favorite, what type of food she likes. Now I'm not saying food has to be a major topic, but like you know, since we do spend a lot of time eating and people happen to get excited about what they like, like what are you? What's your college favorite foods? I don't have no idea. Okay, ask her. Right. It's a message that I, that that I, I, I you know I, I care. I'm interested, etc. Created this one little thing called cell phones and you know texting, all different things, etc. And you know, the, I'll tell you why the Russia created it. Um, so, like you'll um, you'll be walking in the store, let's say, let's say supermarket or you know drugstore, and you'll see a guy on the cell phone. Um, what did you want again? Now, I've been in many stores over my lifetime. It says, and 
I've, as of yet, I can't recall ever seeing a woman standing in the store saying to her husband, what do you want again? But I have seen men say to their wife, what do you want again? Right? So, um, she has to get taken to do something. Like, so how come you remember? That's a ten- lack of attention. You want to be attentive to her means when she speaks to you, you should focus. That you should be able to remember what she's in. Right? The women seem to be very good at it. They seem to be attentive to their husband's needs, and therefore they were, if a husband said he wants something, they said that's important to them enough, they're going to remember. Right? So it should be vice versa as well. Now, I mean, some people have, you know, some point that they, that they develop, you know, uh, early, uh, early onset of, of senility, but that's a different story, you know, like, you know, at the age of 25. No, I don't think so. What? Early onset of senility? They, they, they start forgetting. Yeah. But they're not the age of 25. Um, right. Um, the wife has to ask them to care of something. The wife has to ask them to make sure to please be home on time. Oh, I forgot. Right? What does that mean? What are you saying? Like, you know, I love you. <laughs> right? As we spoke last time, like, you know, right? Right? You're not attentive to her. She asked you to take, do something, you didn't do it. Right? So she, you're not being attentive to her. Um, now, it doesn't have to be negative, it's going to be positive also. Um, I, I, I don't do this anymore because, like, whatever. Um, i kind of lazy bum. Um, but what's wrong with leaving a little note in the, in the, in the, on the dining room, the kitchen table before you leave? When you, if you leave the house before she gets up, you know, uh, wishing her a wonderful day. And, and I'm so happy that I'm married to you, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Love. And sign your name. Right? Takes you 15 seconds. But she walks into the kitchen and says, wow, there's a note. He left me that he thought about. It. He thought about it. I had, he was thinking about me. So that's attention. Um, um, I had a, a individual in Cleveland who was getting... You think you're going to remember all of this. You have something coming. Anyway, um, that's a hint to write. Um... If you want me to say explicitly, I'll say explicitly. Right. Okay. Um, the fellow asked me, he has the second marriage, and he was worried about uh, getting it right, etc. Is there any formula in the Torah which tells us, you know, how to create, you know, uh, connection, emotional connection, etc.? I said, yes, there is. One of, the, uh, one of my mentors in Yeshiva, Pointed out to me that you, as you learn through Hilkos Nidah, you learn the, the area called Harchokus. You started Harchokus yet? Right? What? About right. So Harchokus are the things which Chazal limited to the husband and wife when she's a Nida, um, because of various, you know, part of them. The goal is to create a little bit of a, a little bit of a space so they won't come and do something improper. So Chazal is saying these things, when done, create connection. So therefore, when she's Anita, create space. Well, aren't they just tell, didn't they just tell you what to do? They just tell you how to do it. 
Right? So, because I'll say that you can't have a meal together unless you have some type of a, a reminder by the meal. Because eating together with somebody creates an emotional connection. So, as I said, you, you can't have a meal without having some type of reminder. The Kohen's of the Chacham Sodom holds that you can't take a walk together. Right? What's interesting in Alocha is the, the crazy place he passes, you can give your wife a matana when she's in need. So what does it tell you? The presents don't create an emotional connection, right? So husband and wife have a little bit of a blowout, right? So what does the husband do in America? Buys her a present, right? Stupid. Have dinner together. Have dinner together. Spend time together. Right? That's what Chazal said creates connection. Okay, so you go out and you buy your wife a present, right? Write a card. Write a nice card. Right? Buy your cow a present. Write a very nice card about, you know, you're looking forward to building a bias together and you think that she's such a special person and she, she's going to add such a dimension to your life and she's added already so much, etc. You've given thought. You've thought about what you think about this person and you've written it on a piece of paper and you give it to her. Crazy placing. Renaissance actions. As a safe friend in your day. That you could give her a present. Yeah. About Ishul who quotes it. That's what the possible of is like that. Some people say if it's a type of present which is about intimacy, that, that you shouldn't do. But, you know, but the general present is what you... Um, so it comes out that, you know, you go into the, 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 the drugstore and you see a little trinket, you know, a dollar trinket, which you know that she likes, and you buy it for her. That is probably more valuable because it means you're aware of her little details in her life and you thought about her than buying a standard present. But that, like, you don't have to know her. To, you know, you buy her a box of chocolates. You buy her roses. Yeah, scratch. I had to figure out my wife likes roses. Most women like roses, you know. Right? I happen to know that she happens to like, you know, strawberry shortcake cards. You know, that's not standard necessarily. I know that she likes. So I pick up a strawberry shortcake card for her, and I write a little something, and I give it to her. That says much more that I'm aware of her and I think about her than than buying a standard present. But it, it's. So there's a fascinating shuva from the Nebuchadnezzar's son. So in Europe, they used to make, they made a tenoyim, but at the time of the case, they made a tenoyim, which means basically they said, if we don't go through with the marriage, there's going to be a kanas. Okay, so, so that generated people who wanted to break up with their, the shaduchim and what, had, felt they had a valid reason why they wanted to break up the shaduchim without getting paid a kanas. So there's a whole genre of children that deal with what are valid reasons to break up shaduchim, right? Because of this, and nowadays we, most people don't make it, except for like the Sinem still doing some real, 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 you know, literature, yeshivish, like the briskers, they make a tonoi. Most people don't, they make the tonoi at the time of the chuppah. But then it's too late, um, right? Um, for this point. The purpose of a tenor by the Chumah, by the way, contrary to public opinion, that it's the purpose of it is in order to get three Marquis Buddha to aid him sign that and to read it, which that's also true. But besides that, there is another purpose for it as well. The purpose for tenor, because as the Bumarma says it, that a person does Kedushin without going through a, shiduch, a, a formal Shiduk process, Shiduchin, which means a formal commitment, is considered doing it, it's a chutzpah, and you get Malchus for it. So Marcia said that, you know, even we're not going to make a time earlier, if we don't make some type of a formal commitment before the chasna, we have a problem. So we're going to make a formal commitment before the chasna that we're going to uh, move forward with this chasna the next hour or so. 
or next half an hour, or whatever it is, but at least there's a shaluch, which is there's an actual real and halachic engagement taking place. Anyway, so the other beautiful son has a chuba where a person wants to break the shidduch that uh, the, the, the father of the young lady wants to break the shidduch, and he has two complaints against the chosun. Number one, that the chosun, one time he was with the kala, and he, he grabs her, physically grabs her, even though she's not married to him, and she's Anita, she's also to him, physically grabs her. Number one, and number two, um, he has not written her a letter since they got engaged. So Nani Bihuda's son said, the first time is not a taina, it's a her in the world, they should have been more careful, but you can't break a shidduch because of that. The second time is a good taina, he's not a mensch, and you can break the shidduch. Now, you would not have predicted that had you had I asked you beforehand without, I mean, you know about saying the story that there has to be something, some canache over here, but if I stop on the, you know, take you on the street and ask you, like, which one is a valid reason to break a shidduch? Anyway, um, yeah, so that's what you wrote. So nowadays we have all these wonderful things, but a card from a chassan is a tremendous thing. A letter from a chassan is a tremendous thing, and your wife will read it and read it and read it and read it. But your cow will read it and she'll read it, and you'll get married, and you'll walk in, you know, every pace of cleaning five years down the road, and you'll walk in and you'll see your wife sitting in the bed with a streaming look in her face, and you'll find, realize that she found the box where she saved all of your letters that you wrote her, and she's reading them again, and she has this dreamy look in her face, remembering her engagement. Right? And then one day, your kids will find it, and they'll read the letters, and you'll say, wow, daddy was really mushy, and, you know, they're, right, fine, you know, that's part of life. Um, Is that inevitable? Which part? The kids will find it? Really? Of course, yeah, of course. What's, what's the child? Uh, There's nothing private in your marriage. There's nothing sacred in your house. That's part of, that's part of kids, especially teenage, teenage girls reading your letters. Huh? Uh, Man, <laughs> Daddy was really mushy. Or teenage boys. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of fun. You know, like, right? Extra patches and chapas. <laughs> right. So, but you need to write. You need to, you know, I, I know a young man who um, found, he, 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 he went to the, to the drugstore and, you know, has a nice selection of cards and he found a card which he felt just said perfectly exactly what he wants to say to his cowlo. And he uh, took it and um, Gave it to her. <laughs> and, and her response was, um, so you're saving this to use again? Which was the right response. Like, what a, like you, ever, you ever see girls' letters to each other, girls' cards to each other? Have you ever seen it? You have any sisters? What sisters? They have seen things. You ever seen their cards? Or they look like, the, the whole card is written all over. There's no yeah, space yeah, in the card. They take out like every and they write smaller. Right, and they, they, they and, and not only that, they even doctor the pictures and they put like comments onto the pictures, like like they captioned onto the pictures of the card with you know, explaining you know this one is this and this is this and they're like you know they push it right a whole message. They put their heart into it. So good. So that is attention. Um, sounds pretty easy, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, next one more point of attention is a woman has needs and your wife as an individual has her emotional needs what are your wife's needs so I had had a conversation yesterday with somebody Um, I I I I want to point out that I'm a tzaddik okay I didn't. I didn't pulverize the guy. Um, it took self restraint. It did. 
But then I decided, mm-hmm. a person has no intelligence, you can't, you have no Rahmanas on him, which means that I basically, instead of explaining it to him, I realized it's a waste of my breath, so I just like gave him some cute answer and basically deflected him and got, you know, it's been without my life. So that's, that was the Gevura, to like realize that it's going to be a waste of my time. So the person says to me, you know, like, not just in the world, the, the, the world of, uh, you know, of marriage, you know, of Torah, Torah learning, like, any person wants to be successful in any, in any of their life, can't spend his whole time just thinking about what his, his wife and his kids needs, or he thinks about his business. So I want to be successful learning, I should do the same thing. So, they, they said, you know, and you know, Riyashi didn't spend time thinking about his wife's needs. So I could have said to him, you're not Riyashi. And Riyashi was able to marry somebody of his caliber, right? Because right? he deserved it. I don't think you necessarily deserved that. But um, I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> I could have said, you know, that the Chazal say that a person marries somebody that they cabal the oil of their wife. And, you know, I, Riyashim, I can't tell you, but Rabbi Shalom did spend time thinking about his wife and his kids. Right? You know, so, you know, why is Rabbi Yashim your model as opposed to Rabbi Shalom I could have said that. I could have told him that Rabbi you know, uh, says that Rabbi had had a son who became like a Mizrachinik. And there was another... Tom Chochem and Ben Abrak was younger than Rashad, who was all his children turned out. So Rashad said, because by me Friday night, the Zulai used to open his hand and think of learning. And he would spend time singing with his kids. So I could have told him that. I said, you know, I said, you know, there's a sister, so it seems to work for itself, but you know, unless you're really immersed in that system, it's not going to work. Now, if you, any of you know me by now, you realize that, that was that was a total deflection. That was not a real answer. But he took it as a real answer. I mean, it's totally, I have no interest in discussing this. I think you're out of your mind. That's basically what that real that the real, it's a real translation of what I just said. But he didn't realize that. And he thought, oh, that's okay. Yeah, okay. Um, I, because I, I didn't answer his question. But I, should he do that or not do that? I didn't answer his question. The answer was, I thought he's out of his mind. The point, like, I'm not, not going to waste my time talking about it. Because I'll say that it's, a woman is an all. It doesn't mean a physical all of going and making a pronunciation. Many times nowadays a woman is making the pronunciation. It means the responsibility of being aware of your wife's emotional needs. It's just called a mitzvah. The stipend has a letter where he calls it, that's the mitzvah Erna. Mitzvah Erna is not physical bia, it's being aware of the woman's emotional needs. One of those emotional needs is having bia with her. But a person who would do that and not be aware of a wife's emotional needs is a ganav, he says. And a person who thinks he's going to come to the world of Kedusha by being mismayed mis- and his responsibilities to another individual, A, it's not Bithel Torah because that is your responsibility. B, he says, there's no way you can, you can reach levels of Kedusha if you're not doing your, your mitzvahs. And C, this poor woman, the only individual in the world who really can give her these emotional needs is her husband, and her husband's ignoring her. And he's thinking he's at tzaddik while he's at it also. So therefore he'll never change. So she looks at this person and realizes that she, that, that she has no hope and the achzavah, the, the disappointment 
is heartbreaking. And she lives with it the rest of her life. This is the language of the, the stifler's letter. I didn't tell him this. He's like, he was like, whatever. That's attention. Okay. Appreciation. Um, so the first point, obviously, is, you know, a car satoive. You know, so that um, famous story is a person named Rabbi Travis has a book called Pirkei Hanhagas Abayas, something like that, Pirkei Hanhagas Abayas, Hanhagas Abayas. It's an old, um, one of the first books came out in Hebrew, in, in, in Lashon Kurdish about Shalom Abayas, came out years and years ago, it came out in the 60s, or early 70s. Um, so here's a story right there, which I don't know if the story is true or not, but it definitely makes a good point, that there is a story about a woman who was a, uh, she was uh, a farmer. The husband and wife were, were farmers, and then she had you know a big farm, and they had all these uh, the husband and, the, and his kids, and this his hired help, and you know, and she would make the meals for them, you know, etc. This goes on for years and years and years. One day they sit down to breakfast or supper, whatever it was, and she puts out this spread straw. Every, every plate has straw, and the certain plate in the matter has straw. I said, like, what are you doing? She says, I've been doing, doing this 23 years and nobody's ever one time told me anything which indicates that I noticed that, that what I'm giving them is different than straw. That's the story. Is the story apocryphal? Probably, but it's a good point. Um, good. So you better say thank you to your wife. Number one. Number two, when you say thank you, so there's different ways to say thank you. This is thank you, which is this clothiestical statement. Thank you so much for you know for whatever you do, and doesn't say that you really noticed. Rebbe has points out that you know we have in, in benching. You know the purpose of benching really is to say say thank you for lunch. I just had lunch. You know, Russian thank you for lunch. But we don't start there. We start you know we have Eretz Yisrael. Russian took out Mitzrayim and he gave us the Torah and he gave us Bris and he gave us Eretz Yisrael and he gave us you know Chayim 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 and Thank you for lunch. That's how you say thank you. Right? Bikurim. So, you know, you bring the Bikurim, they've had a good year, good crop, or Hashem, or Rami, or whatever, it's Rima, and you start with this Gansa Maisa Geshechta, you know, Gansa Megillah. Just say thank you, Russian. I had a good crop, thank you for the good crop. No, 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 no. Let's Rami, or whatever, it's Rima, Yaakov, Avinu, going down to Mitzrayim, Russian took down to Mitzrayim, we are to Israel. Whoa. So that's how you say thank you. So you say thank you for you know for for Shabbos. And thank you for making the challah. Thank you for getting up, late, staying up late Thursday night to make the challah. And thank you for the soup. And thank you for going out and buying the chickens. And she will tell you, will you please stop it? So you'll do it anyway. After the third time, you say, please. She says, will you? If you don't stop, I'm not going to cook any more food for you. Okay, then you stop. You tell her, I want to say more, but I'm not because you asked me not. Right now, and, and but you have to mean it. It's not just I'm a joke. It sounds like a joke a little bit. But it's, not a, it's not a joke. It means you really appreciate the fast. You did all those things for you. Um, there's a gorgeous piece. There's a saver, there's a saver called Seder Tikkun Hamidus. Familiar with the saver? I don't know. There's a little Seder Tikkun Hamidus. It's a little swarm out, yay high, colored dust jackets, like real bright yellow and light blue and stuff. Yeshiva has it. 
So it's like eight volumes. So one of the volumes, they talk about the following story. It talks about the inner recursive type. And he contrasts two stories. Chachma Yisrael and Chachma Umasar. So there's a, there's a Gemara in Yabomas. And Martin Yabomas says a story with Rav. Rav had a wife who was a shrew. Simply put, she was a shrew. You know what a shrew is? Everybody knows what a shrew is, right? No. A, hor- a horrible woman. Okay? S-H-R-E-W. Shrew. Right? There's a Shakespeare, the taming of the shrew. You never read Shakespeare either. Okay, whatever. Fine. <laughs> okay. Um, I haven't told you she was a little more sophisticated. So, so, the word says that when Rob would ask for for chickpeas for supper, she eats her lentils. He asked for lentils, she eats her chickpeas. The Gemara says that one time um, that Rav's son asked him, What's shot in the post of Kumutsa Nimarmi Mavis? So, Isha, I find worse than death the woman who's referring to this. Says, it's like your mother. Right? That's a good example. Chavos Chaim deals with Weiss and Moshe Nahara. So, Morris says that Rav's son, as Rav, Rav's son got older, he you know, became a you know, nice, smart boy in his own right. So Rob was uh, sitting learning and says, Go tell mommy that you know I would like to have lentils for supper and she would make chickpeas. You know, and vice versa. So the kids saw firsthand what's going on. So one day he says, like, well this is stupid. So he goes to the mother, apparently the only two things on the menu, right? So he says his father says, you know, Rob asked for chickpeas. So he, his the boy went to the mother and says, Daddy asked for lentils, so she made chickpeas, right? Right. The next day, he asked for you know, he asked for lentils, so she he went and vice versa, and he kept flipping it. So Rob says to his son, "You know, mommy's been very nice lately." He says, "Well, to tell you the truth, I've been flipping it around." Rob says, "No, no, no, don't lie. If I asked you for chickpeas, say I asked for chickpeas. She makes lentils. She makes lentils." So the son asks, "How do you deal with this?" She says, "Isn't it enough that this, she takes care of my children and she allows me to have?" A, physical relations with her. Like, I have a car sometimes to her. I have no time. That's what Rob said. Story number one. Go ahead. Where was that? What? Where was that? It's a morning of Amish. Samotalad, I think. Something like that. Somewhere between Samot Gimel and Samot Okay. Second story. This is a famous story. You've heard of Socrates, right? Let's be all heard of Socrates. Socrates was a famous, you know, Chachmim was Ireland. Fine. Socrates, Socrates had a wife named Xantippe. X A N T I P P E. Xantippe. Ever heard of her? Nope. Okay. So Xantippe, with a capital X, was Socrates' wife. Xantippe, with a, with a lowercase X, is a woman who's a shrew. It's actually, there's a word in the dictionary, Zantippi, which means a woman who's a shrew, because she was such a shrew, she made it into the dictionary as a, a, a woman who's a shrew. It's called a Zantippi. Okay? X-A-N? X-A-N-T-I-P-P-E. Okay? So the story goes that one of the day, Socrates is sitting there with the Talmudian, and they're saying a Kakira learning, you know, and the wife walks in and starts screaming at her husband, you bench cratcher, you don't do anything good with your life, you sit there and you say your hakiras and your, your, your philosophy and your mices, like, get, get out of life and don't do something of value. She starts screaming at him in front of all of his disciples. And he ignored her. And totally relaxed, like, didn't get excited at all, because he's Socrates, you know, remained totally calm, you know. Right? So after the, she walks out, so the uh, students say to Socrates, you know, like, you know, 
he came to the house, and I'm sure they said in Yiddish, like, how do you live with this? Right? I mean, how is such a good kasha? How do you say it in Yiddish for sure? Right? How can you do this? And he says to them the following answer. Right? So Rav said, I have a car to I appreciate the fact, you know, that's not what, that's not what Socrates said. Socrates said, if, if the donkey would come in the middle of our conversation and start braying, it would bother me. If the rooster would start crowing in the middle of the conversation, it would bother me. I look at her like a, like a rooster and like a donkey. Okay. Fine. Where's which story? That's the it's a famous story. Where's brought down? Uh, the famous story. Okay. So that's the simple understanding of the word appreciation. But we're going to we're going to add another layer to it. Um, <coughs> um, translate the word. When I say the word appreciate, when I appreciate somebody. Give me, give me the idea that it conjures up in your mind. Realize what they did. Okay, what else? When I say I appreciate you, yeah. what am I saying? Um, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm better because of it. I'm like, I got something from I'm you. Sorry, I'm sorry. I benefited. I'm still saying, like, appreciating that difference. I recognize you. Appreciating you. I recognize you, yeah, I recognize you care about me. Okay, why are we focusing on a course of time? I appreciate you. I appreciate this, this work of art. What do I mean? I really have a course of time that changed my life? I, I appreciate it. What am I saying? You understand I, it. I understand it, okay. I care about it. I care about it. I value it. I value it. I respect it, okay. So that's what you're supposed to appreciate your wife. Right? Right? There's, 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 appreciate doesn't mean a course of time. Appreciation means I push it, respect her. I appreciate her for who she is. I understand her value. Right now, so let's go back. Is that when we spoke about you know a, a little bit, we touched on the idea that women are different than you. Right, we touched on it a little bit, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and we pointed out that like like so sometimes women are, are like not logical, right? And they seem to like look at the world differently than you in every which way. You need to appreciate. That you need to respect that. You need to understand that her approach and her understanding and her view of the world are just as valuable as yours. You have to be able to respect her for what you bring. What the, what? She, so, a woman's emotional. Okay, beautiful. Right, but you know we discuss this idea that you know it's not logical. You know sometimes they, what they do. Okay, but why is logic better than emotion? Makes sense. Okay, and who said that's the criteria of what's what's better? Okay, I guess it depends when and what dosage. Okay, but the situation obviously, if in any situation, if you go with something that's logical versus something that's emotional, you could be doing the wrong thing. Like. That's what makes logic better than emotion. Like, it's just achriya itself. Kind of. I understand, but the problem is we also understand that we live in a world where emotions probably are the factor which decides most situations that we that we that we deal with. And the person who has emotions is able to understand somebody else's feelings and be able to appreciate them better. The person is able to con- con- convey their message better. The person can get things done better. There's a lot of what you can do with emotion, which you cannot do with just logic. 
you'll find that most of your salespeople, the, 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 there's two types of, there's the ones which are the conniving, crafty ones, and they all, they're all logic. They have it down to a science, how they can take advantage of you. And then there's the sales, but you will never, but you, most people realize that after they walk away and they'll never use them again, they made the sale, but they will not make multiple sales. But the salesperson that you feel you really emotionally connected to them, you'll go back to them again and again and again. So which one's better? Right? I don't know which one's better. So it's, it's so you have to appreciate the fact that she has her personality with all of her makeup and her uh, who she is is a tremendously powerful thing, and, it, and you appreciate you appreciate her for who she is. She's a work of art. Um, you respect her. You have to respect your wife. Um, okay. Um, now let's take it a step further. Sometimes your wife will get on your nerves. Okay. Um, so the answer is that's ex- this. Is I know some of you didn't you know you're dating. Shows me I spoke about Bashert. Right? And my point about Bashert is Bashert is irrelevant. While you're, you cannot look for your you cannot look for a Bashert because you don't know how to look for a Bashert because you don't know what your Bashert looks like. Right? Maybe your Bashert Rav's Bashert was a shrew. You know. You know mm-hmm. So maybe he, you know he didn't know to look for for that. So right? <laughs> so how do you look for your Bashert? You know. Right? So. Uh, um, you can use the calum you have and say, etc. What Bashert is in the game and Bidi Abbots? Oh, worked out. It's Bashert that it worked out. Well, part of Bashert is that this woman is the person who is going to bring out the best in you. And she will do that by being very challenging. These challenges were, are tailor made by Kodesh Borahu for you. That's it. Bersham sent them for you to make you grow. I th- so I think those you know the dating shows when we, I told you over the analogy from Brazil Tower about the diamond cutting diamond polishing so we'll just repeat it again for for, for those who didn't hear it and those who did hear it you probably forgot it right now so I was <laughs> the situation I was, I was once having a conversation with a fellow who drives the long distance drives for the Muncie Tours buses so he told me that once in a time he was the private driver for Rebbe Tauber Shlita, um, and he asked Rabbi Tauber, like you know, asked him for like advice in Shalom Bayis, and uh, so I asked him, but how is your Shalom Bayis? He says, well, there's a reason why I drive the long t- the long distance drives for the multi tour buses. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I find that absence makes the heart grow fonder. So when I'm away for a few days, I come home. The first day or two is like really great. Come wife missed me. Then afterwards, it's time to get out of the house again, and I go for another long distance drive for the month. Oh. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. So what did Rabbi Tauber say? <laughs> like you know, um, so he didn't say that answer. Um, so, so he asked me. Um, it was an interesting approach. You know, there are some merits to it. Okay. Um, so I asked her, he said, he said that he asked me if I ever saw diamond polishing. So I said, no. He says, so I'll explain it to you. So he said, you take, you have an expert who looks at a diamond, and the diamonds come in the raw, and they're, they're totally not shiny. To polish them. So the first step before you polish them is that you cut them. And the person expert, he looks at the diamond, he decides where he wants to cut it, and he puts it in a, in a, in a vise, in a holder, just so. And he puts pressure on it, just so. 
and the tremendous pressure, and it causes the diamond to crack in the tomb. Okay. Now you have to polish it. So now that it's cracked in the tomb, you have to polish it. So how do you polish a diamond? There's nothing as hard as a diamond. Diamond is the hardest substance which is known to mankind. The only thing you can polish a diamond with is a diamond. Which diamond do you polish a diamond with? The two halves. Because they're perfect opposites to each other. So you take the two sides and you rub them against each other. And the final result is polished diamond. So the Russian takes out a machab and he rips them apart, rubs them against each other, and out comes polished diamonds. And that's shown by us. Gorgeous. So the goal is not, like we spoke about before, the goal is not, not to have conflict. But that's what's going to cause you to grow. And call you to be, it, it, the goal is to have your wife say what you think is absolutely ridiculous and learn to respect somebody else. And, and again, it's going to be your nerves. And the problem is, of course, that she turns out she's right. Or she's wrong. But, you know, and she does it again. Even though she's wrong. Like, you know, well, you, well, why do you do that? And you learn to, and it gets in your nerves. And it's frustrating. And she, she knows how to push your buttons. Even if she doesn't mean to push your buttons. Or she does mean to push your buttons. Right? Because she's upset about something. You know, and that's where you learn to grow. You learn to, to appreciate it. You learn to respect it. You learn to, to deal with things. And that's what's going to make you grow. And that, is, part, that when, is your first share. So how do you know when it's like, oh, that's something I need to work on? And when is it something that you bring up to her and see if she could... I'm sure there are some of those also. Uh, we'll talk about them. Okay. Okay, now... Um, next, uh, next A is, atta- is affection. So the um, let's let's change the scenario to uh, to a um, fa- father-child relationship. I had a young man who his parents loved him very much. They loved him very much, and his parents like worked very hard to make sure that he had, had all of his needs. And you know, they trained him well, etc. And he knew his parents loved him very much because they would they worked very they worked they worked, worked long hours and they made sure that he had enough money that um, he should have all of his needs taken care of. And they were, he was so touched by that he was totally aware of their love to him, even though they never expressed it. Right? No. Work? Not work. Don't work. Right? Children need to hear from parents, I love you. Children need to interact with parents. Children need to have that emotional, because, because, oh, it's very logical. I mean, I wouldn't be working as a wire, and, I, I, you know, a few kids wouldn't be around, I wouldn't care, I can just, like, send you out to an orphanage, and, like, you know, and I can, like, you know, really not work so many long hours. Like, clearly I'm doing it because I care about you. Like, what else? It's a very logical conclusion. Why doesn't it work? Because that's not how you convey messages of to human beings, um, emotional human beings for sure, and even anonymous human beings for sure. Like, yeah. you know, the the boss says he wants to really he wants to develop employee loyalty. So I give him, what do you mean? I give him a check on time every every month, sometimes a month. I mean, so I have employee loyalty. Um, you know, there, are, there are multi-billion dollar training programs to help develop loyalty in the, because they should feel emotional connection to the company and to the boss and they're not based on the fact you pay the paycheck on time some strange reason to adults to intelligent people to, to the, the cream of the crop it doesn't work like that 
So your wife is the same way. Um, that's what the Cyprus says. The woman has emotional needs. And that's the key of the husband to figure out what the emotional needs of the woman are and to address the emotional needs of the woman. That's the mitzvah of The physical element is part of that. Um, and that, you know, you've got the chosen, you're pre-constant chosen, she was talking more, so really about the different elements of that. But the general understanding that we're talking about, you know, that's what we're talking about. Okay. Um, is that really Yashua or the stifler? It's a stifler. Okay, and the last one is a Christ. I told you I added, added one more A. That's all from affection? What? For now, it's all for affection. Um, affection is a relationship. That is, like, everything else is around the relationship. This is the relationship. It's, I feel this connection to somebody. I, I care about them, and I express it. Um... Talk about a Christ for a second. So I have this, I have the following uh, scenario. I think I mentioned this to you about the father who had called me up about his his about young man in yeshiva after they'd been dating and they were about to get engaged. Like he asked some questions about the young man, like like where were you until now? Like you know, like um, this is in the good old days when the yeshiva. Shiva used to have a summer camp uh, called Camp Shalom, and for many years they had two facilities. They had the girls' and the boys' facility, but one year the, the girls' facility had been condemned, so they had to move into a public school, and they were not able to use the facility for the summers. They moved the, both programs to separate parts of the boys' school, but it was in the same campus. So this young man who was a counselor in the boys, and she was a counselor of the girls. They had the schmoozing because by the end of the summer they were ready to get engaged. And the father looking at him says, "You know, uh, this young man is like interested in dating with my daughter. Like dating with your daughter, um, like you know." Um, so he calls him up, like, "Does he have anywhere to support his support his family?" He did not. Um, he did not have a degree. Um, did not have a smicha. He was still learning. He was like he had no way to support a family at that point in his life, um, and she didn't either. Um, so like he was concerned. I said, I, "I'm gonna tell you the following." This person is a person who's a Balakrais. If he has to be a busboy through the night at a 24-hour diner to support his family, he'll do that. If he needs to join the garbage collection, he'll do that. He will take care of his wife. That's his nature. The father wasn't so happy hearing that because the father was a degreed, you know, uh, degreed person, and also had smicha, you know, and the degree, you know, and working in some fancy whatever it is. Um, and Baruch Hashem, he's actually a major, this individual is now a major supporter of Moistus of Tara. Um, hmm. Basically self-taught. He taught himself computers, and then he was able to get, I was able to convince um one of the organizations that uh, maybe they just give him a try, like, you know, they need to uh, give him a try, what do you lose? And he did well, and that started off with a career in computers. So, um, he has his own company now. Actually, he has two companies now, but um, fine. Um, but then I had a different situation where I had a young man who had a degree and had a job, and 
Whereas the other end of the world, like very mild, timid, shy, not a go-getter type of person. And he was having difficulty. And somebody like, you know, but he has such a good job, like he's, you know, nice, sweet person, etc. He says, I want to say something. He says, if a woman's presented with two individuals, number one, individual number one has no job, but he's a go-getter, he's the type of person who takes responsibility, takes charge, etc. And number two, a person who has a job, but he's not that personality. If he loses his job, he will not be able to get another one for, for, for months or possibly, possibly longer, because he's not that person who can do that. Which one will the women prefer? The answer that they will prefer the first one. They want stability. Stability doesn't mean they want somebody else. They want somebody who they feel will take responsibility in their marriage. If that means you're learning a carnival, that still means, and she, and she balances the checkbook, she, but she knows that if there's a financial problem, you will deal with it. You'll come up with some solution. You'll find the, you'll find the, 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 the stop-get measure it means you'll take a, take a tutoring job. If it means you'll, you'll get a halva for a month, it, whatever it means, that she wants somebody should have a prize. And that's not just the financials; it means in everything. She feels like you know she's going to make a lot most of many decisions about you know about dealing with things because she knows she knows the kids better. But she wants to know that when she has a conversation with her husband about the chinuch issue, the husband gets it, cares about it, understands it, and it has the strength to make a decision on it. She might override you. She wants the feeling of a Christ. That's what gives her the feeling of being safe in her marriage. Okay. Um, let's just—it's fifty-seven minutes already. Um, so before we go to the next, the, the next session, is I want to talk about different eights to deal with situations which are challenging. Um, So, um, um, that'll be next time. But just maybe just touch, touch on one Nakuda about affection. Um, children need to, be, need to hear that, that you love them. Wife needs to hear that you love her. Right? Um, wife needs to hear that you appreciate her. Wife needs to hear that, you know, that you're... It's not enough to, to think it. You have to express it. So we spoke about the writing letters, um, writing a note. I did one time. I went 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 recruiting. Used to recruiting for yeshiva there. So my daughter was young. So the first time I went, she was very. Uh, it affected her strongly. The fact that I was gone for two weeks. So the next time before I left, I wrote her twelve notes. And each time, my wife put a note in her lunch bag. And every day there was a note from Tati in the lunch bag. And I'm thinking about her and I love her so much and I care about her, etc. So that means there's, there's you know, I was, I was 6,000 miles away, but I was able to convey, convey to her that message that, 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 uh, that I care about her. Um, each person has a different language a little bit. There's something called five, five languages of love. Um, and each person has... The, the expressive language and the receptive language. So some people, their language of love is words of affirmation. The more I tell them how much I appreciate them, and I, that means I love them. Some people, it's acts of service. That the, the, the more I do for you, the more it means I show that I care about you. Some people, it's gifts. The fact that you're willing to spend money on me 
is, is the message. And, and each person has a receptive language, and that's how they get their message. They also have an expressive language, which is how they say it. The problem, of course, is when the man's expressive language of love is acts of service, and the woman's receptive language of love is words of affirmation, you have a challenge. <clears throat> so that's part of the, 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 the idea of understanding her emotional needs, is to understand how does she, how does she truly absorb the, the message of love. Right? And you have to figure out what her receptive language is. And then you have to make your expressive language that. She needs to understand that that's the way I express myself. You know, yeah, there are marriages like that. Um, and people make, make do and people make peace with it and people learn to understand it, etc. But you need to meet in the middle to some extent. So um, I'm not, there is a version of the five languages of love which is made for the different crowd. Because so, so imagine some of the stories over there, I never read the other one. I imagine probably not appropriate for uh, B'nai Yeshiva to, to read. But there is a version which is, I'm not sure exactly what the title of it's called, Five Languages of Love for the B'nai Yeshiva, something like that. Um, the, for the rule's not bad. What? The rule's not bad. I never read the real one, so I never. So, uh, <laughs> well, it says a section on touch, so I'm sure that's not. You know, so. Um, one language of love is touch, you know, the, the person, you know, and that's, we'll talk about, you know, we spoke about a woman as Anita, so that, that that language is not there for you, so you, need, you have to be that much more aware of the, the other parts of it. So that's, that goes into the world of, that is the relationship, this is being able to express to somebody else that, they're, that they're, they mean something to you, that you care about them. That those, finding the ability to do that is a tremendously important thing. Because it means again, we spoke. You're getting into their head what they need to hear, and and that is the training to be able to see the world through somebody else's eyes. So you're learning to respect their their, their vision. You're learning to get into their head what they need, and you're learning to be able to do that. And then you can do it with your wife. You can do it with your kids because your kids will have the same issue. And then you will do it with your neighbor. You'll be able to do it with with with, with not the female. Um, right? You do it with you know the, the community. You be able to be able to connect to somebody. What are their emotional needs, and how can I help them, and under, truly understand them? And that is a tremendously uh, big avoid, uh, and that makes you into a nesina. And I just want to go back to the uh, my, my friend. So Rokhan uh, in, 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 in the introduction to time which was published by his son, Ravitzelov from Volozhin. So he writes over there in his Akdama that my father, now this is Rukhan Volozhin, he was not a Chassidish Yid, right? right? He was a Talmud of the Goyen, and he was turned to Talmud Chacham, he was a God of Lador. He says that the Iker Briyas Adam is the Hara Lachrin, he's to be able to help other, other human beings. It's not to be mechadash shlushitara and not to to write swarim. It's to be aware of somebody else. And, the, and probably charity starts at home. The first person you should do that with is your wife. We would like to believe that. So you know, had I responded to that individual, that's what I could have told him. And this is what it means. It doesn't mean just to do acts of service. Yeah, I, I take out the garbage every day, you know, and I, you know, I help clean up after the Shabbos and I help clean up after Shabbos. That's, that's that's all important, and it is very important. But that's not it. So that's what our goal is over here.